split the toilet. A woman who does not own her strangeness is still a girl. I stare at the slope of my small breasts. I stare at my jack-o'-lantern eyes. I take a bite of cereal and narrow my eyes as I chew. I am naked except for socks. The toilet is next to me, saying hi. The sink is next to me, saying hi. The bathtub is next to me, but doesn't say hi, because it is asleep. It feels like the whole house is snoring. I have fallen into a new routine lately. I spend hours of the night in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet, but not going to the bathroom. Well, sometimes I start with peeing, but then for long periods of time, I will park there, running on empty, idling. I think that this has become my version of me time. During this time, I do often find myself naked. I never masturbate, I just look. I wonder why analyzing my body often feels even more indulgent than pleasuring it does. The bathroom looks different now, like a whole new room. As a child, I snaked through it, light and slick, having no need to clean myself. When I was young, it mainly served as a passage between my shared bedroom with my brother and my mother's bedroom. I was a horrible, aching insomniac, in turn slipping into their bed inevitable. Fear kept me up, but what I was afraid of changed nightly. Sometimes I held my stomach and feared that I had been chosen for immaculate conception, like Mary, who I had been cast to be in my preschool's play, but had pretended to be too sick to go on stage. Sometimes I feared vampires lurking under my bunk bed, pulling the covers off of me. Like every moment was a tense quiet right before a jump scare in a horror movie, waiting for it. Sometimes I feared that I had a disease and was infecting people without knowing it. Leprosy, skin lice, butthole worms. I used to thrash around and make waves in our small old bathtub and then lay on my back like an otter, letting the burning hot water rock me as it slowly cooled down. Once the water was dead and cold, I'd get up and towel myself off and stand in front of the mirror. Already I felt potential energy buzzing in my hips and breasts and urged them not to come. I loved the way my undeveloped chest looked exactly like a boy's, the same nipples and everything. I was at the top of the roller coaster, and the gravity of puberty was going to pull me down. With the wet hair. I have been using the same conditioner for years, but it just now started to work. I wonder why this is, and it often leads me to believe in God or whatever. I think sometimes no matter how much condition you dish, you just got to be ugly, bish. That is my religious philosophy. I am very grateful for growing up ugly. It is why I'm so funny. Sometimes I catch myself wishing that I had been even uglier so that I'd be funnier right now. But things are how they are for a reason, and that's the point. I remember walking into my cousin's kitchen where she sat with my mormor, my grandmother. My mormor looked up into my damp, freshly showered face and said that maybe my hair would not be so flat if I used less conditioner. I felt an immediate desire to be a little boy again, even though I had given up on changing genders a couple of years before this. My mormor is classic with a twist, like Trader Joe's products, sriracha potato chips, mango lemonade. Somewhere in my brain, 
whether from picture or story or imagination, there is a black and white image of her as a child, standing naked at the shore of the Baltic Sea. She has white blonde hair and is either in the process of bending over or standing up, and she has a sand dollar in her hand. All this is not the first thing you notice in the picture. The first thing you notice is her ribs. Each one protrudes violently from her small bony body, an architectural endeavor. She looks back at the camera as if someone had called her name. Is she picking up the sand dollar or putting it back? As a baby, my hair was wispy ginger blonde. Puberty flat-ironed my hair into a limp brown mass hanging off my head. At 18, my hair is now curlier than it has been since early childhood. I see it lift and bend and twist as it dries after a shower, like watching a sped-up video of ivy growing. It sits rumpled now, and I often have trouble recognizing myself. My body changes too fast for me to get to know it. I whip my head over and my hair tumbles with it. Fingers in the hair, fingers in the hair. I whip my head back and my just hair tumbles with it. With the old razor. I began to shave my legs in sixth grade. Like many other things, I did it not because almost everyone else was doing it, but to be like the kids that naturally didn't need to. They had hardly any hair or see-through blonde hair. I had Irish and Jewish hair, thick and curly. My moms were dumbfounded by my choice, having never set the example of routine hair removal. Shaving was just for going to straight weddings, which we never went to. They told me, Emma, no one cares about your legs. They are thinking about their own middle school angst. I know, I told them, this is me thinking about my own middle school angst. With the magnifying mirror. More and more. She has this bathroom. She says, Wait, I have to put my face on. She likes to cook, but not for herself. She has this denim cover for her couch. She loves hummingbirds. She has this way she says my name, with each of the five syllables chopped up. She talks a lot about endangered species. She likes working with her hands. She used to wear her hair in a bun every day until she cut it. I often wear mascara. Behind very thick and crispy black lashes, I watch people have grand debates about women and them wearing makeup. Sometimes I wonder who they are trying to convince. It's my war paint. It's bowing to patriarchal standards. I wear it for me. You look like a big old whore. It's an art form. It's an industry that exploits women's insecurities. For me, all I know is that I get much more positive attention when I'm wearing mascara, and I thoroughly enjoy positive attention. I'm not sure why more and more wears makeup, but it seems to be very important to her to look as young as possible. She is 78 and looks 78. With makeup, she looks like a 78-year-old with makeup. She is beautiful and has been beautiful for 78 years, in a molded clay way, a saturated eyes way, in a strong and careful touch way. It is startling when she expresses distaste for her own looks. It seems childish. It seems like she is thinking about her own middle school angst. My grandfather was gone long before he left. My mormor was left alone with the kids, constantly in strange lands, many of which were in the south. The fish tasted different. How did she end up so far away? For her 71st birthday, I got her a beautiful booklet that asked questions 
about personal history, asking her to pencil in her memories and experiences. I was going through a phase of obsession over the possibility of my family dying. If she wasn't going to be there forever, I wanted a tangible piece of her to be all set up and ready for me to cry over when she inevitably died. Despite being retired, she always had an excuse for why she hadn't filled out anything in the book yet. I was determined to get answers before she got too old or senile to remember anything, which I told her. More and more, what if you get Alzheimer's? I won't know anything about you. You know plenty about me, Emma, she would tell me. Eventually, I stopped nagging her, as to not turn a gift into a burden. It struck me that maybe more and more didn't want to be remembered. As I came into myself, I began to understand that it wasn't that she wanted to be forgotten, but that she wanted us to remember her as perfect. The closer you look at more and more, the more you can see her flaws. She prefers to turn away the magnifying mirror. With the hot water. I began to masturbate at a very young age. I did it in the bathtub and put my little legs up on either side of the faucet. I became a riverbed and it felt really, really good. I knew what sex was and I knew I was simulating it. It felt deeply wrong because I thought I had lost my virginity in elementary school to the water. That makes me feel better sometimes to think that my ex didn't take my virginity. When I was 17 and 15 minutes, 12 of which were used trying to get it inside of me. As both drained, I watched them go as I sat, naked and cross-legged. Both left me dry and feeling a little guilty. I have been thinking about the way I love people. I have been thinking about the way my mothers love me, the way my more and more loves me, but doesn't know much about me. I have omitted many of my flaws for her, as she has always done for me. Since I'm approximately 76.5% flaws and 24.5% virtue, she is loving my skeleton by default. Even though she doesn't know anything about it, does she love the way I love? Am I stealing a granddaughter from her? How I conceal myself? Do I feel stolen from?